welcome to Wham Juice, a NaNoWriMo podcast. I'm Wham James, whether I like it or not, and as we kick off the last week of November, let's check in with our romance representatives, Aaron and Morgan, to see how things are going. We don't really have a way that we start these no. recordings. Ever. Never. It's. I feel like it's different every time. I said hi to Kyle last week, and he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like... Well, how else am I? When I talk, when I re- when I podcast with James, I just say, "Hey, everyone!" So, "Hey, everyone!" <laughs> Hi, everyone! There, we did it's it. We started. Air. Yeah, we did it. We did it. It's Aaron and Morgan. Yay! We're here in week four. Is it week four? Yeah. When this it comes is. out, it'll be week four. Okay. It's week four of Nanorimo. So future, because we're pulling the curtain back. We're recording in the past, and future we us. Are is going to be so stressed out probably when this comes out. So we can just preemptively talk about how stressed out we are. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is November 21st at the time of this recording. Yes. So we are a little less than a week ahead of when it will release. But come this time next week, we will probably all be full of turkey and just desperately wishing that all of our families would go home so that we could write. <laughs> Aaron, I'm traveling with my family Oh, for no. five days, starting no. on the 26th. Oh, Morgan, you need to bring your computer, I guess, and yeah. try to steal an hour or so every day, I guess? I hope my sister has good Wi-Fi, because I also have to record a podcast, this podcast, oh. while oh, I'm out of right. town. And I don't know what's going to happen. I told them all I'm doing this, and I was like, y'all need to leave me alone while I write. Like, I'm not. I have to do this. So hopefully, like... I can, but oh, God, I'm so nervous. Oh, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be be something. (laughs) It'll be something. That's that's for sure. You know, I wonder why the NaNoWriMo people decided on November. Yeah, it's kind of mean. As far as I'm aware, the it's National Novel Writing Month, so it started in one particular country before it spread worldwide, and I'm pretty sure that country was the U.S. No, it was like the the origin story is that they were just like we're gonna write for a month, and then they decided to make it November, and then they were like, now it's National Novel Writing Month, and so now it's like now it's national, but they they named it that. If they are from the U.S., why would they choose a month that has a huge U.S. holiday? Like, I could understand if they picked a month that had, like, a huge holiday in other countries, because (laughs) a lot of the time we don't tend to, you know, think about other countries and cultures. Because on this podcast, it's wet hot American moon juice. So we only care about America here. Exactly. That's as far as I'm going to get into that weird line of thinking. I'll stop now. (laughs) I already feel gross about it. And you you barely even said it. But yeah, I don't know why they chose November. They could have picked a 31 day month. That would have been good. Or a summer month. Mm -hmm. One of the summer ones when like, nothing is going on like literally nothing like but instead they picked november yeah yep it was to torture us i think nanowrimo was created to torture people i think so and yet we all entered into it voluntarily that's how they get you multiple years in a (laughs) row for some of us yeah (laughs) i keep thinking every year i think it'll be easier this year i know what i'm doing I think we're just a bunch of masochists, I suppose. Yeah, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I, me either. I have been flailing for, well, you, you heard me complaining to Kyle last week. That's true. I have been flailing for like a week and a half at this point. And last night, because the problem is, so I don't tend to outline okay. very much. 
And I had my Romancing the Beat beats written out, Mm -hmm. and I had filled in most of them, but there's a whole big chunk in the middle, basically between no, we can't be together, and hey, we have to break up. That whole chunk that is just like, and then they get together. Well, And I'm like, I don't, I'll figure that out when I get there. Uh Uh-oh. That's kind of the the big part. mm Mm-hmm. It is. It's the big part. But I was like, it'll happen organically as I write. Because this is more outlining than I've ever done for any project that I've ever worked on. Same. I felt really good going into it. I was like, I have most of an outline. There's still enough wiggle room for me to, like, pants my way through this Mm -hmm. the way I'm comfortable doing. It'll Mm -hmm. be good. And I started writing linearly because that's how the outline went and then right. i hit a point where i was like okay well now i'm out of outline <laughs> oh god but i've written so much of it just straight through i want to keep going yeah i have so many words that i struggled so hard to get and they're not even going to end up staying in because they're garbage yeah they have nothing to do with anything oh absolutely yeah so last night i finally skipped ahead i was like you know what i'm just gonna write a sex scene do I don't it. care if I'm, I don't care if these idiots have only kissed once at this point in the chronological part of the story. They're I'm just skipping gonna ahead. Fuck. Boy, did they! <laughs> it was not even the first sex scene because I don't know how to get them there. That's all in the part where I don't know how to do that. You could be lazy and just give them alcohol. Well, see, that's, that's what kind I did. Of how the first kiss started because the book oh. opens with them at like meeting at a bar and oh, making out. Okay, yeah, I don't think you can rely on that too much. Yeah, and then they find out that he's her kid's teacher, and they can't hook up anymore. I think my character has a drinking problem because most of the big moves that she's done have been influenced by her drinking alcohol, but also she's dealing with a family death in this story. So I kind of think it's okay. Yeah. It sounds like it's maybe not like an alcohol problem so much as this is a bad situation and she just wants a drink. I just feel bad because she drinks a lot in this book. (laughs) Well, that's okay. As long (laughs) as she's moderately in control of herself. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) To the point of like, you know, she hasn't gone into like full on chemical dependency yet. No, definitely not. Yeah. We're good. We're good on that front. (laughs) Good, good, good. (laughs) Okay, so when I was in Michigan a couple weeks ago, one of the things that we did at this cabin weekend is we left the cabin and we went to the local Barnes and Noble to see Lissa K. Adams give a talk. Because she is a local Michigan author who's good friends with the friends that I was visiting. And I know her too, not nearly as well as they do, but her book, The Bromance Book Club, had just come out. Mm, And so she was being scheduled for a bunch of speaking events. And I was like, look, I haven't seen her in ages. I would really like to go see her speak. Let's go see her. And one of the things that she talked about in this speech that she gave was how hard it is to write romance. Mm-hmm. because romance is a genre and it's really kind of I feel like romance and like hero's journey type stuff are the primary genres where you know how it turns out at the end yeah like the reader goes into it with an expectation of they fall in love and live happily ever after or mm-hmm. you know the good guys defeat the bad guys and everybody lives happily ever after like there's an expectation in these genres and it's really hard to keep people interested in the story when they already know how it's going to turn out Right. And that was something I hadn't really thought much about, but it's really true. And I think it's why the middle part of my book right now is so bad, because I'm not interested in the story. That's kind of how I'm feeling, too, because, like, I don't know if it's believable. Like, I was just telling my wife, like, earlier, I was like, my characters are going to fall in love 
but I don't think it's believable. I think my readers just know that because I have said that, you know, like basically like I, I haven't shown it. It's more of been like a telling and that's not great, you know? And so I think that part of what makes it hard, at least for romance is like trying to illustrate that interpersonal connection in a way that is believable Mm -hmm. because you can't just be like well then she saw him and she felt butterflies in her stomach like that's a fine sentence but it's a cliche it's not believable you know like you need to write you need to show a different way like yeah i don't know so that's what i'm struggling with because i don't know if any of it is real like i want it to seem real and i feel like all of it is just nonsense so yep. I don't know. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly where I am right now. And I think that's okay. part of the reason that there's so much really bad romance out there. Yeah. And I love the genre. I really do. I read a lot of romance. But there is a lot of really bad – You, it seems to mostly be self-published. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, because like a traditional publisher isn't going to pick up a book that is poorly written and poorly right. constructed. They're not going to let them do that. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like there are a lot and and I, it's not only romance. That just seems to be the genre that I that I personally have come across the most self-published stuff in cuz like the the other genres that I read uh, a lot of are like thriller and I don't feel like there's a whole lot of thrillers out there that are self-published where the blurb grabs me enough for me to be like I'll give this a shot even though That's fair. You know, I know nothing about it. Right. I was going to say, have you checked on Amazon? Because thriller kind of like goes into that pulp territory. You know, romance, thriller, detective. Like those are all pulp books, you know, which means that they are going to be churned out fast and they're going to be cheap and there's going to be a lot of them. So the fact that people self-publish them doesn't surprise me. But yeah, I agree with you. Like there's a lot that just aren't good. Yeah, I don't know. I feel bad. I think that's part of why romance as a genre gets kind of a bad rap Mm -hmm. is because there is so much bad romance out there. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of feel like, you know, the whole premise of the genre is like cheesy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I that's how I felt. I still kind of feel that way, actually. But that's okay. It it can be. I mean, especially if most of what you know about the genre is, you know, books that have Fabio on the cover. (laughs) Yeah. And books that are basically a novelization of, like, Hallmark Christmas movies. Right. Yeah. Those are cheesy, but those are designed <laughs> to be cheesy. Like, that's what you want from a Hallmark movie? Right. So that's the thing is, like, I'm not big into the cheese. Same. But, like, some people are, you know? Right. And so and that's what – and I'm not big into, like, romance because of the predictability. Like, I don't like that, I guess. But, like, sure. that's what people like, and that's why they read it. And so, yeah. like, I've learned to appreciate that. And I've learned to have fun reading romance novels. Like, they're still not my preferred genre, I say, as I write one. But, like, Uh and I, you know, whatever. (laughs) But, like, I've learned to appreciate them for for those reasons, you know? Like, for the same reasons that, like, I would want to bash them for. Right, exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. It was interesting, though, listening to Lissa talk because... I hadn't thought about that element of it. And and when she said that, I was like, well, duh. That makes so much sense. Of course it's hard to write a story where the reader knows how it's going to end. And so you have to work extra hard to keep them engaged Mm -hmm. and make your characters compelling and make your Mm -hmm. plot believable. Yeah. And I feel like especially with contemporary romance like you and I are writing, it's set in a world that people like there's no world building it's like if you're writing right. a regency era romance you can describe the pretty costumes and yeah there's like this whole cultural element to it that does some of the world building and intrigue and stuff but when you're just writing like 
a normal book about normal people in today's normal world. You've got, I mean, like, your characters and your basic plot have to be really, really compelling because you don't have anything else to fall back on. I think I kind of, like, got it slightly easy there, though, because, like, a big part of mine takes place on a farm. And most people, like, don't know what that's... I don't know what that's about. I'm making most of it up. Sorry, Uh guys. Oh, I'll do research after NaNo, but... Can we talk about that? Because one of my notes... So when I write in Scribner, I think... Like, as I think of things that I'm going to need to address later, I just drop a little note in the notes Mm -hmm. section so that I don't have to worry about it now. And one of the notes that I made was research prison systems, I guess. (laughs) Oh, God. Because so Theo is my hero and his older Mm -hmm. brother, Gabe, is currently in prison for Mm -hmm. having accidentally killed a man in a bar fight. Okay. And I already am going to have to do some research on like, is that manslaughter versus first degree murder? Mm -hmm. It could probably be both depending on the the judge and the jury. Um, He is a Latinx man in... North Carolina, like small town North Carolina. So already right. the system's kind of stacked against him. He's yes. had a record since he was like a preteen. So mm-hmm. the system stacked against him there. So before I started this, I asked an acquaintance of mine who is a lawyer licensed in Virginia and South Carolina. I was like, how long is it reasonable for him to be in jail for? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm hoping it's not something like 25 years. I'm going for something in like the 6 to 10 range. Like, I would like uh-huh. him to get out of prison before his 8-year-old is like a grandmother. Uh-huh. But I was like, I want to make sure that it's not going to be like six months because that won't work for the timeline of my story. It needs to be at least roughly a school year. And yeah. she was like, she's like, oh, yeah, no, given this character's like background yeah, he's going to be in for a while. Oh my God. <laughs> because it's just the way the system works. The system is broken. Your poor um, character. Well, and that's the thing. So far, I haven't even written anything with Gabe actively in it because he's off in prison. Mm-hmm. The only reason that's even happening is because I needed a reason for Theo to be back in this in his hometown. And the reason is that his sister-in-law and his niece are now struggling to make ends meet so he moves back down there and moves in with them to help contribute to rent and childcare and all that. The main catalyst for the breakup is that they they find out that Gabe, the brother, is being transferred to a prison in a different state. Oh no. I don't I don't know if Orange is the New Black tells me that's possible. I don't know anything beyond that, so I have to find out about that. That is possible. I mean, I know that's not what we're doing right now in this this session. Is no, please, if you know the answers, shit, but... tell me. <laughs> well, I mean, from what I know, like, it is possible, but the only time I've ever, like, so I had a, a really good friend growing up whose father was in prison, like, the entire time. Like, I think he just got out, like, a few years ago, like, okay. when we were adults. So, like, in prison, like, the entire time that I knew her. And um, one of the big, like, events in her life that I remember was that, like, they successfully petitioned for him to get transferred to Arizona so like so that she could so his family could visit him you know because he wasn't in prison in Arizona he was somewhere out of state so it's possible but I guess it just depends on what the reason is for you know yeah so right now it's some budgetary reorganizing I think that makes sense has some inmates being transferred from this prison in North Carolina where they can go visit him every other weekend it's like you know a, a quick day trip now he's being transferred to like 
super southern South Carolina where if they were going to go visit him, they would have to, like, drive for a really long time, stay overnight in a hotel, and, like, Amber and Elsa just don't have the funding to be able to do that. Yeah. So ultimately, she is going to decide to move with her daughter. This is this is uh, Gabe's wife, Amber, is going to decide to move mm-hmm. with her daughter down to be closer to her parents in South Carolina, where they will also be closer to be able to visit Gabe. And once Theo doesn't need to be living with them and helping them keep their house anymore, he's free to go back to his old life in D.C. Mm, And so that's like the big kind of catalyst for the breakup is that Danny, my heroine, has an ex-husband who just like walked out one day. And so she has this whole like, if he doesn't have a reason to stay, then he's not going to like complex in her head. Mm -hmm. So but as I'm writing all this, like the scene that I wrote tonight was Gabe's lawyer, who is a friend of Theo's from high school, telling Theo this is happening like in two days. Yeah. So, and then the scene that I was writing right before we got on the call was Theo having to tell Amber that because Gabe mm. won't do it. Gabe doesn't want to be the one to call and tell Amber that. He mm-hmm. just he wants he wants Theo to do it because he feels like she should hear it in person. So, and because Theo has like a hero complex where he feels like he always has to <laughs> pick up after his brother's messes. Yeah. He does it. So that's what I'm writing right now. And it's actually moving along at quite a clip. Like, now that there's actually something happening, I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I can write this. This is good. I'm going to get, I've been so behind for a few days, and I'm going to get caught back up tonight. And I feel so good about that. Yeah, speaking of, like, pacing, basically, like, that's something I'm struggling with, because I think I paced everything too fast on accident. Oh, Yeah, and I did this to myself because my timeline basically is that her father dies and she has to travel back home to take care of the funeral. So she's only home for a week. So everything has to happen in that week span. And then basically like the quote unquote breakup is like when she leaves and goes back to where she's living now in New York. So I think I paced it fast because I was like, well, they only have five days. Mm. That happened on Monday. What's going to happen on Tuesday? And da, 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 you know? And so like, essentially I covered everything in my outline. It's all there, but I'm still, you know, around 17,000 words from finishing this dang thing. And I feel like I'm going to finish it before I hit 50,000 words and I'm scared and I don't know what to do because somehow I wrote really succinctly. So my plan basically is to like take some time, which I haven't had time to go back through from the beginning and see where I can fluff it up yeah. and add more scenes and shit. But like, I just haven't had time to do that, you know, because I don't know, I just haven't. So that's yeah. like, that's what I'm stressed about because I went too fast somehow. That's, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't honestly, know how though, I, I feel like that's not a terrible thing because then you've got your whole story and it's just a matter of padding it. And I'm sure that you'll find places to pad it. And you know what? Once she goes back to New York and they've broken up, you can have her spend so much, they can spend so much time wallowing. But like, I don't wanna. Like, they're yeah. wallowing right now and it's really boring to me. You know, yeah. like, I don't I don't like it. Which, I mean, that's good because the reader shouldn't like it either. They right. should be like, no, get back together. But like, I'm not enjoying it because all I'm saying in every scene is like, she thought about him. And then the next scene is like, he thought about her. Maybe he should text her or something. You know, it's like so fun. Like, I'm so bored by it. And like, maybe I just need to like read something else and do some research to like get some ideas. But like, I'm struggling with that. Like, I don't like it and I don't like how it sounds. So, so right now she's going on a blind date with somebody that her friend talked her into. I was just gonna say, can you have their friends take them out? 
mm-hmm. and try to convince them to hook up with other people. That's what's happening. Yep. So that's yeah. Perfect. So I'm hoping that that like I can make that draw things out a little bit more. Yeah. But I'm still worried about it. <laughs> yeah, pacing is an interesting thing because that's that's the kind of thing like once you've got the whole thing written, you know, because right now you're kind of looking at it piecemeal. You know, right. each scene as you write it. And once it's done, you'll be able to look at it as a whole and figure right. out where you can, you know, expand things and shift things around. And when you have other people read it, they'll be able to help you figure out mm-hmm. where you can do that. But you don't want to hit, you know, 40,000 words and be done with your story and then have to waste time during NaNoWriMo trying to figure out where you can build 10,000 more words in. That's what I feel like I have to do right now. So I'm freaking out because I already feel like I'm there. Like, so I'm doing everything I can to, like, not end the story. Like, and I'm still a ways off, but I don't think I'm 17,000 words off. I think I'm, like, 7,000 words off or something. That's probably not true. I don't know. I have no concept of how what words are anymore. So yeah. I don't know what to do. So it's fine. I'll figure it out. But I'm just, like, that's that's my big stress right now is, like, just trying to make it last, basically. Yeah, man. So, that is not a problem I've ever had because my <laughs> I have the opposite problem with pacing where it just it drags and drags and drags and I get bored with it and then I skip ahead and then suddenly I'm just writing whatever scene I feel like writing and then later <laughs> later on I have to Frankenstein them all together. Yeah. Which is super fun. Yeah, I've been going linear and then also I have the entire thing outlined, which is but like right. every single step is outlined. And so that's been really nice because like I've known what to write every single time I sit down and I know where it's going. Right. But then it's also been like kind of a pain in the butt because like I wrote all those things now. Right. <laughs> now what do I write? I don't yeah. know what to write, you know. So I, I I hate the idea of writing things that aren't necessarily essential to the story. But I almost feel like I have to add scenes in like that in order to pad it for my word count. Yep. Which doesn't feel great. So now I'm trying to think of like essential story things. Right. That have a lot of words. So I don't know. That's kind of where it's at right now. I'm not really sure. So. Yeah. I had a scene that I was writing, I guess, last week over the weekend. I can't remember. But I was writing it recently. And it it was going to be one of those pad the word count. I don't know what I'm doing. I just need to get some words. And it's Mm -hmm. one where I was like, okay, so this is the second book in a planned trilogy. I know who the hero for book three is going to be. Okay. And it's he's uh, like the local like general contractor. He was in the he was he had a cameo in the first book. And he I had planned on him being one of Theo's really good friends in this book. And like they go to help Danny is a high school art teacher and she gets roped into helping with scenery for the school musical. And so Theo Mm -hmm. and Scott, the contractor, were going to go help build scenery. So I was like, okay, well, this will introduce Scott. And, you know, because the readers are going to want to kind of, you know, have some idea who this dude is before the third book comes out. Yeah. And while I'm writing this scene, he starts complaining about the woman that he's working with. (laughs) And I knew that I had already decided that the third book was going to be about him working as the general contractor on a house flip with uh-huh. a woman named Dusty who, like, her job that is... Name. That's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Like, that name came into mind, and I was like, well, I know nothing else about this woman, but her name is Dusty, <laughs> and she flips houses. Nice. Um, and that's what she does. She goes all around the country and just flips houses. Nice. And so she apparently is having a really hard time, f- like, with the flip on this house because she has gotten really attached to it. And doesn't want to make the cheap decisions. She wants to, like, make this house really nice because deep down she doesn't want to leave this house. And Mm -hmm. that's going to be kind of her whole thing in the next book, which I 
didn't know till I started writing this scene. Also, didn't know it was going to be an enemies to lovers. I had no idea that Scott and Dusty weren't going to get along at first. It's perfect. But yeah, now I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I'm figuring out stuff for book three, but that doesn't help me with this stupid book that I'm writing right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's I not wasn't, fair. Yeah, it's really not. I wasn't yeah. planning on thinking about book three until a year from now. <laughs> I, that was going to be my next nano project. Your next nano, yeah. But mm. now I've also got this lawyer character who is a friend oh, of no. Theo's, and I'm like, well, now I kind of want to explore this dude. So now it's not a trilogy anymore. It might be a, Oops. Yeah, it might be a quadrilogy. It, or, Is or that what pop- those are called? I have no idea. I made that up. Oh, okay. Possibly a spinoff <laughs> series because he lives in like the big city nearby. Um, this this small town I created is basically kind of like a Stars Hollow type. I don't know if you watched Gilmore Girls. It's, nope. It's like a Stars Hollow from Gilmore Girls that has like the okay. nearby Hartford, Connecticut. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, kind of classic... You know, quaint small town, but the 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 big city is you know two hours away. So maybe you do like a lawyers and lovers series, and that's what it's called, and that's your spinoff series. That's true. There, I then, named your series for you. You did. Now I also would have to write two more books about lawyers. Yes, and well, as, whatever. And and I know fuck all about law. Another thing it's I have fine. to research <laughs> is divorce in Texas. How long oh, do you God. have to be legally separated? Does it matter if you have children? I think that you can get divorced in Texas in six months or less, even if you have kids, which is wildly different from Virginia. Isn't it weird how being a writer turns you into like a master researcher in weird topics also? Yes. Like I have to go learn about farm equipment now. Yeah, you have to learn about avocados. <laughs> and avocados? Why? Why? So like... Yeah, like, I don't know. It's it's just strange. Like, there's, I don't know. It's it's kind of funny because, like, I've been avoiding doing research because researching means that, like, I don't have time to write. Yeah. But I know that it, and so I've done a little bit, but, like, I know that at some point, like, I will have to stop what I'm doing or, like, I'll have to, like, actually research some shit to put in this book to make everything make sense. And, yep. um, and yeah, it's just weird. So now I'm going to know a bunch about like avocados and farm equipment and like journalism also because she's a journalist. Okay. And so I like I'm like I don't know what that's like. Like I have to figure that out now. Like what is that job like? Like I have no no freaking idea. So. And random phrases just, in Spanish. Well, that I'm like okay at, but yeah. yes, that too. Like luckily I you know they're all Latinx characters and I have like a bit of you know experience my stepmom is is mexican and so i have a large extended family that's okay. from mexico so i have some experience there which is great just like but i was you know i had to like fact check some of my stuff because i like translated something and i was like that doesn't seem right so then i'm texting one of my friends i'm like can you translate this for me and um and yeah so yes so i need to like learn more spanish too and all this this stuff so it's just it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really it's really interesting that you and I are both writing contemporary romances with Latinx characters. Yeah. Without either of us having any particular experience with that. Now, Theo doesn't speak any Spanish. His being Latinx has much more to do with like I guess like race relations in the small town mm-hmm. south. Yeah. Like he he grew up not speaking Spanish like his 
his family purposely did not speak Spanish mm-hmm. to make him make sure that he and Gabe were as American as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I and I may have written that specifically so that I would not have to bug my Spanish speaking friends for constant translations. See, my problem was that like the very first line when I introduced like one of the the other characters, she was like, "Oh, Mija, it's so good to see you." And like, I I love the word Mija. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like my favorite. It's like such a fun pet name. And then I was like, "Fuck." Like, now I got to put Spanish in it because she's going to call her Mija and, like, I can't just not have anything else. Like, yeah. there's got to be Spanish in this now. So I uh, I shot myself in the foot there. But it's been fun writing that. So it's not it's nothing, honestly. Like, I sound like I'm like, oh, I'm using Google Translate to write my right. book. Like, I'm really not. It's not that much shit. Um, it's just uh, just a few things I've had to fact check. Now, you <laughs> so. could pad your book with her because you told me that she doesn't, your heroine doesn't really, doesn't speak Spanish. She so could have a... She could decide to yes. learn Spanish. Oh, my gosh. There's your 17,000 words. That's perfect. And that could be such a touching scene between her and the hero mm-hmm. where she's trying to learn Spanish. And then either he teaches her or she practices on him or something. Yep. Oh, my God. Well, and especially oh, my God. When, you saved my book, Aaron. Well, and when she flies back to California and, like, mm-hmm. shows up and she's like, I came back for you, she could say it in Spanish. She'd be like, te quieres. And he could be like, oh, te amo. Oh. Yep. And then like, and then they kiss and that's it. Yep. And then, yep. That's yep. awesome. Yeah, I did. We it. fixed it. Yay, we fixed it. And, and we're okay, half- now I have to fix yours. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if my, mine might be beyond fixing at the point of, uh, <laughs> oh, like, no. not, not forever, but like for the purposes of NaNoWriMo. Right. Now we are a half hour into this episode. Did you want to share some of our writing? Yes, that is my favorite part of doing these. I know not everyone does them, but I'm insisting on it for all my episodes. Okay. So I would love to. I know you picked something out. I, th- I did. Yes. Okay. I can't decide because I knew what I was going to read, but then I wrote something just like 30 minutes ago before recording that I really enjoyed. So do you want to hear about her trying to figure out what to text somebody or do you want to hear about... The beginning of the blind date. I want to hear the beginning of the blind date because I okay. don't know about that yet. I think you, you sent okay. us the text scene in I the group did. chat. So, so everyone gets a teaser. Buy yes. my book when it comes out. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, you can go first. If you oh, want. no, don't make me go first. Okay, no? no, that's fine. No, it's fine. I can do it. Okay. So I wrote like a super filthy sex scene last night. And I'm not going to read that because I can already feel my face heating up just thinking about <laughs> reading that while you watch me. And then I'm the only one that's going to read smut for the show. Well, no. So this is a scene. This is like right after they've finished having sex. Oh, okay. it was okay. it was so filthy. So it takes place. He goes to visit her during her planning period and they go and have sex in the girl's <gasps> dressing room in the high school auditorium. Like, oh my god! While she she's like, there are going to be students here any minute, but okay, they do not. That's get awesome. Caught. But yeah, they like fuck up against a wall in the dressing room, and it's oh very my hot. God. Um, and there's mirrors in the dressing room. I'm assuming there are, but you know that there. doesn't add. No, that actually doesn't play into it. Okay, he's behind her, and they're like up against the wall. And I guess in, in my head, the mirrors were like behind them. And so she's, like, pressed up against this cinder block wall with, like, her shirt hiked up and her front glass (sighs) bra open. Awesome. Yeah. So there's that. But I'm not going to read that scene. Okay, fine. (laughs) You can read that scene when the book is released. (laughs) Okay. I can't wait. I have to – I wrote wrote it out of order. So I have to find a way to make sure that that scene stays in because it's – Oh, it has to. It has to. Yeah. You'll, You'll get it in there. That's fine. Okay. So they have just finished having sex. Okay. 
Holy fuck, she whispered, and he huffed a laugh into the side of her neck. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. He pulled out of her and went into the bathroom to flush the condom, and she refastened her bra and tugged her jeans back up. She was smoothing her t-shirt back into place when he came out of the bathroom, buckling his own belt. He came over and kissed her, and this kiss was not like the previous kiss had been. This one was slower, lingering, where the past seven or so minutes had been frenetic. Feeling better? She asked him, wrapping her arms around his waist and snuggling into him. Much, he said, and he sounded more like his normal self now. That was, well, that was amazing, and I definitely needed it. He glanced over his shoulder at the spot on the wall he'd had her pinned against. I'm guessing we probably aren't going to want to risk doing that again, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed about that. Danny grinned. Don't worry, I'm sure we can find other walls for you to fuck me against. His expression turned wolfish, and she took a step backward. Not right now, though. Right now, I have to go back out there and talk to students and pretend like I didn't just have really hot wall sex. Theo grinned back. I'll go ahead and slip out the back like the dirty little secret I am. And scene. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I loved it. That was so awesome. My, my trying I, to decide what to read was between that and a scene where Danny's talking to her eight-year-old son. So, <laughs> but I've read that one this to a... book co- oscillates so wildly yeah, between I know. I read wholesome that, and not. Yeah, I read that scene to the ladies at the cabin, so I figured I would read something new this time since they've already heard Fun. that. So. Fun. Oh my God, that was wonderful. I can't wait to read the rest of it. Thank you. That's great. I'm willing, yeah. to, I'm willing to send you the filthy scene if you want. <laughs> Yes, if you want to. Yeah, I'd love to read I'll it. Send it to you I need to take notes because I need help with that. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm doing okay. But at one I'm point sure when I was fine. writing a scene, I was like, just trying to get my words in also at the same yes. time. And so then I was like, and then they kissed. And I was like, nope, that's not that's not hot. I'll fix that later. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, my so. yeah, mine definitely has a lot of extra words that are not necessary. Right. Uh, because right. I was like, okay, well, I guess just type you know, front clasp bra again instead of just bra because <laughs> yeah. I need those extra two words. Exactly. So, yeah. But now I want to hear right. about Lara's blind date. Okay, so here's what's going on. Basically, she's back in New York. She's missing her hero. And then her friends convince her on a blind double date. Okay. And this is the whole thing. So, Lara, meet Tim. I smiled, shaking Tim's hand. Tim wore thick-rimmed glasses and a scruffy beard. He smiled, his blue eyes flicking over me. Well, Clark said, looking from me to Tim, let's go get some drinks for these ladies, shall we? Lara, Kate, the usual? We both nodded and Clark and Tim walked away. I eyed Tim up and down as he stood at the bar, taking note of his leather shoes and slim-cut jeans that did nothing to define his flat butt. (laughs) He was slim and skinny, and he hunched over the bar as he leaned against it, chatting with Clark. Kate, my coworker, turned to me excitedly. What do you think? Uh, he's just your stereotypical Brooklynite, isn't he? I smirked. I think he's cute. I shrugged. Come on, Laura, just give him a chance. Tim's a really nice guy. Tim and Clark were returning from the bar with a gin and tonic for me and a cosmopolitan for Kate. I don't know how you can drink those, I teased Kate. They're so sweet. There's this gastropub in Brooklyn that does a house cosmopolitan with raspberry juice instead of cranberry, lemon juice instead of lime, and a house-made orange brandy instead of the triple sec. It's really good, Tim said. Ooh, Kate cooed. She looked at me. It's not really cosmopolitan anymore, then, is it? I raised an eyebrow. Well, since it's their house cosmopolitan, they can kind of do whatever they want, Tim offered. Not really, I countered. If it's going to be a cosmopolitan, then it at least has to have some of the original ingredients. It sounds like this one only has the vodka in it. 
They might as well name it something else. Well, maybe I can take you there sometime and we can do a taste test. He smiled at me. I found it irritating. Yeah, maybe. Kate looked at me pointedly, (laughs) then turned to Tim again. Tim, remind me what you do again? I work for Herby Love. It's a startup company that sells subscription herb boxes. I scoffed. (laughs) Herb boxes? What does that mean? We uh, we curate fresh herbs from local farmers and send them out in monthly boxes. We send out a few standards, but there's also the herb of the month, the chef's pick herb, and the people's herb. It's pretty cool, actually. Here, let me show you. He fished his phone from his pocket. Laura knows a thing or two about farms, Clark said. I shot him a look. You do? I'd love to hear all about it sometime, Tim said enthusiastically. He was staring at his phone, swiping around for some hidden entry to show us. Tim revealed the phone screen that was showing a minimalist website. It was all white with some light green font. Irby love, it said. Can you feel the love tonight? This was followed by some pictures of conspicuous, white, blonde, artificially tanned people smiling while riding bikes or dancing on the beach. Fresh, local, love. There were no pictures of any herbs, let alone any plants. And you curate the boxes? Oh, no, no, I'm in sales. I sat back in my chair, taking a large swig from my gin and tonic. It was going to be a long night. Oh, my God. I love that. I love (laughs) it. When you described his flat butt, I don't know if you noticed that I was laughing. Oh, I did. (laughs) But I was like, you need, I was like, self, you need to stop. You are going to distract her and people will not be able to hear her over you. But... Yeah, yeah, I couldn't help myself because, I don't know, I want him to be everything opposite of the hero. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And she's just like, who is this guy? Like, no, absolutely not. So I'm having fun with it. I love it so yeah, much. And that's all. Herb so. subscription box is, <laughs> like, the most ridiculous hipster thing I can think of. And I think it's perfect. Same. I think it's yeah, perfect. Thank you. And I, I, this was a little wordy, but I had fun, fun writing it. So that's good. Yeah, that's it's good. it's been fun to talk about. So one last thing that we should do probably officially is check in with our word count as of November 21st, the year of our Lord, 2019. Yes. What do you say? I agree. So we okay. are supposed to be at 35,007 words. Ugh. How close to that number are you? I'm a day and a half behind, so I am at 33,095 Okay, that's not bad, though. It's not bad. You'll be able to make that up. I have time. I'm at 34,295, and I am determined to hit 35,007 before I go to bed tonight. I only have 661 words to go. And I think I, I think can, you do, can it. do it. Yeah, Theo ha- Theo That's has awesome. just sat down to tell Amber the news about Gabe. Perfect. So I can easily get 600 and change words out of that. That's awesome. So, You're doing great. Yeah. I can't wait to catch up on Friday. I absolutely will be. So I, I know what's going to happen. Hitting 3,000, like I'm 2,000 behind or whatever. And I can do 3,000 like easily when I have time. Yeah. So I, um, I'm i not worried about catching up. But how exciting. That's good. Yeah, by awesome. the time this airs, you'll be like totally on track and maybe even ahead. Yes. Ooh, probably not, but we'll see. One one or both of us might be behind again. Who knows? Hooray! (laughs) I guess we'll find out then. All right. Well, just to wrap up, we have social media for the podcast. We are on Twitter at WhamJuicePod. That is W-H-A-M JuicePod. You can email us at wethotamericanmoonjuice at gmail.com. Or if you would like to call into the show and share your NaNoWriMo woes, you can call 901-800-WHAM. Tell us how your NaNo's going. Tell us how much you love it. Tell us how much you hate it. I think we have a voicemail that we are going to check in with on the next episode. So until then, unless you have anything else, Morgan? 
I don't. Thanks so much for chatting. Yes. It's been cathartic. It's been, it has. It's been really good and really fun. And I guess we have to never talk to each other again. Okay. How- see you yeah, never. See you never. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.